0: Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Hello and welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson. <laughs> what
1: a wonderful week it is. And we have barely started.
0: Yes. Well, they're funny Haven't weeks. Haven't even warmed up. No, they're funny weeks and I'm completely confused. <laughs> I, I am. I'm, I'm thrown com- – I'm out I of whack. No,
1: We thought today was Monday and we thought yesterday was Sunday. Easter just – Puts you all over the shop, Kevin.
0: And then Anzac Day is going to pop in. We've had three weeks in a row of short mm. working weeks and holidays and school holidays and, and all sorts of things happening and mm. yeah, I'm out of whack.
1: And having chocolate brain doesn't help the oh, equation. No,
0: no, I'll tell you why. that's the only thing that's got me through. <laughs> I overindulge I something have, terrible. I, we have discovered, I think, oh. one of the great little chocolate thrills of a lifetime. Oh. Those little uh, lint, lint caramel... Dark chocolate caramel. They have to squares. be the dark
1: chocolate. Because the, the, the slight oh. bitterness of the dark chocolate enhances the sweetness oh. of the caramel. They're just the right size to have with your coffee of an You know that
0: noise, Tarzan, mate? Yes. Uh, whenever I see them in the fridge, I don't want I, you to try to I, replicate I, it. I, I feel like doing a Johnny Wiesbüller moment. <laughs> you feel moment.
1: like beating your chest.
0: A uh, Johnny Wiesbüller moment comes over me when I see
1: them. I quite you? like Ron Eli as Tarzan. That's just no. me. Anyway. No.
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> next. That's the next uh, food bites food poll. Ron Eli or John Weiss. Johnny Weissmuller. Come on, get oh, no serious. Uh, we got a terrific uh, uh, food poll for you though mm. in this episode because it is it is one that has right. You will be you will be staggered and amazed at the result when will I read it. Personally, no, you will. You will, because I was, but our guest on this week's uh, Food Bites is an absolute ripper and very timely because the 14th Mm. season of MasterChef has just started.
1: I can't believe we're 14 seasons in and we are huge fans of MasterChef in this household and we're most excited that some of the old favourites are making a return. Julie Goodwin, who we've had on this podcast, Billy Sashi, who our son just adores. Oh,
0: yeah. Uh, And uh, Andy Allen, of course, is uh, now in his uh, third season as, uh, as someone who's the only person who's gone from... From a contestant to you know a host and judge on
1: the so show. he can identify with exactly what they're going through. These contestants,
0: he is MasterChef360 and he <laughs> is on this podcast very, very soon. <laughs>
1: He's a great bloke, as yeah, we is. found.
0: He is a good bloke, and you'll find that. Uh, I don't want to give too much away, but let me just say. <laughs> You'll find out what colour undies he's got on. <laughs> it's that kind of interview,
1: but not trying to give it away. No.
0: It's that kind of interview, and here it comes uh, on uh, on Food Bites with Sarah Patterson. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Well, here's a, here's an interesting revelation into the life of Andy Allen. What is for dinner tonight at your place?
2: <laughs> um. So weirdly, this is very off. Off. Uh, this isn't an, isn't a joke. Um, I we're about to launch on a on a platform called Providor, um, which is kind of like the 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 high upper echelon of delivery food, where restaurants high end restaurants um, kind of do all the heavy lifting for you, and then you spend a bit of time in the kitchen to um to kind of execute all all the all the good stuff and feel like a legend for your for your date or your family or whatever. Um, and the, the three Blue Ducks, are, we've joined in Brisbane, in uh, Sydney and in Melbourne. Have, that's where they distribute from. Um, and so I've got the first test um, box of, of our meals that I, I'm going to cook tonight. We've got a vegetarian coming over, so <laughs> I cook carrots in for her. and um, Overdone carrots. Go <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway
1: so um andy Masterchef, you, this is your third season and uh you mm. came into it cold i mean you've had so many different experiences over the years and uh, yeah. now this is your third season and is it starting to feel you in your comfort zone and feel good with it with it now
2: yeah i think um i think for um i suppose Geoff, Melissa and myself the first season was like you know it was it was such a bit of a blur it was really like We just tried to keep up, I suppose. It's like day in, day out. You shoot for six months and, like, you're really just holding on and and trying to do the best job that you can. Weirdly, we then shot Junior MasterChef um, not not long after that. And it's so strange that I'm going to say this, but it was something about how high energy and how loose it was being around the kids and how fun it was. But that series for us, I think, really showed us what we do best at and it is. It's creating like a really fun environment with high energy. Um, you know, not taking the kitchen too seriously. Um, and we took that into the next season, which which was season thirteen, and it really worked again. So I think um, I, I, I put it down to those those little thirteen year old kids, twelve year old kids. They kind of taught us a lesson on how we should be doing it. I feel like you know, for such a long time, it was brought up as this. The Chef kitchen was like this super serious and high pressure, um, you know, place. And I'd and been a part of it myself and I suppose there's nothing wrong with that, but with, with Jock and Larissa myself, we just want to see people cook Epic food. And for me, it's like when they're at their happiest and when they're having a good time and it's not like pressure, pressure, pressure. Yeah. It's obviously there's, there's going to be a, a, a lot of pressure in there. And, and most of it is put on, on the contestants shoulders by themselves. But, um, those kids taught us a lesson that it's like when it's fun and high energy, people have a good time and they cook really good food.
1: And I guess the advantage you have that others uh, don't, Andy, is that you can relate. You've been there, so so you can relate to, to what they're going through, the contestants.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I think that that also took me a while to understand how to play that role. Um, you know, I didn't just walk in there and go, you know, back in my day I did this. <laughs> like it definitely wasn't like that. Um, it probably took me to go two-thirds into the back-to-win season because that's when, like, the emotional strain of being away from your family and your friends and your loved ones, it was pretty obvious, you know, and that's for, that was for me when it happened myself. And, I mean, MasterChef is, yes, cooking a cooking competition, number one, but it's also a mental competition as well. So who can, like, you know, power on through somewhat like um, – somewhat disconnect from the outside world and just focus on what you're doing um and and i think for me it was two-thirds of the way through back to win when i was really able to express that you know you need to you need to lock in right now you need to either go out and and step out of the competition and go for a round of golf or do something fun and just disconnect or you need to lock in and and do whatever you need to do just to get back on track and yeah, um, it's, been, it's, been, it's been like that ever since, which is great.
1: Andy, I mean, going back not that long ago, prior to all of MasterChef and, and, and the cooking side of things, I mean, you were an electrician. I mean, do you often yeah. look back and just pinch yourself and think, whoa, how did I get here?
2: Yeah, I do. I think um, I didn't for a while. And I think, um, you know, I came out of MasterChef, I had a couple of years doing my thing, then I went, went into three blue Ducks and opened a bunch of restaurants with the boys. Everything was like, go, 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 go. Um, and it still is to this day, but I, I don't know whether I'm just maturing or what, but I've, I've started to really reflect on, um, how, how lucky I am really like how it all started. Um, you know, filling that application out, um, and, and getting us to come down to the first, first auditions and, um, yeah, I also, I think that that's also why I am so invested in being a judge on MasterChef because I owe everything to that process and, and to that cooking competition. So if I can just get like a handful of people that that take it as seriously as what what I do and, and get you know even half as much out of it, and that's not being arrogant, that just shows what it's actually given me. Um, then then I've done a, I've done a recent decent job.
0: Yep. You mentioned the pressure. In the MasterChef kitchen as a contestant, do you see it now as a judge that they're actually almost cooking against themselves rather than against the other contestants? Is that And did you feel that? And how did you handle that? And how do you see it now from a different point of view?
2: Yeah, I think you're 100% right. Like, the the pressure is, yeah, there are challenges that pull you under pressure. It's the nature of cooking. Like, Look what I've done with the carrots. I was, <laughs> um, but I think also you, you, you just put so much on your own shoulders. And there was one challenge in particular, um, and it was uh, Marco Pierre-White had come in the kitchen in season four, um, and it was a two-round challenge, and I was, I was part of the challenge. And I remember thinking, like, oh, my God, I just have to zone in and be really serious, and he was serious, so I thought I had to be serious. Um, and and I just need to cook my best dish I can so I can be up on the gantry and and safe and not in round two. And I cooked so bad. Like I cooked the worst dish that I ever had in the competition. And I kind of went away and I was like, I I was down to the last three in a double elimination in the second round, so the odds weren't great. And I was like, look, there's a high chance that I'm going to go home here, so I'm just really going to enjoy this cook. I'm going to have a laugh. Marco and I were joking, well, as much as you can joke around with Marco, having a bit of a joke and having a laugh, and he kind of took a shine to what I was, what I was doing. and ended up cooking a really good dish. And, and that was kind of a, a, a point in the competition because um, I stayed in the competition where I was like the, the, the less pressure you put on your shoulders, the more you just have fun and, and you obviously cook better when you've really, you got a smile on your face and it's just a plate of food at the end of the day my cooking just went like like that, you know. So that's another thing where I, where I really do feel I've got a, a, a bit of a role to play in noticing, because everyone's different. Not everyone can just go in there and have a laugh and, and produce, produce amazing dishes. It's, it's very much down to the individual and, and who they are and, you know, what what makes them tick and, and them succeed. So I love to be able to be part of that process in terms of seeing someone succeed and being like, why did they succeed? How did they get there? You know, and then trying to coach them through that to to make sure that they try as hard as they can to stick to that plan.
1: Well, season fourteen coming into, got some uh, fantastic oldies but goodies coming back. Well, maybe not so much of the old, but you've got uh, Julie Goodwin, you've got Billy, you have got Sashi. You know, really popular characters. It yeah. sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun.
2: It is, and um, I ha- I learnt pretty early. There's a, there's a promo running around which I'd I'd forgot about. Um, there's a 23-year-old young girl called Montana um, and then there's Julie Goodwin who's 51 um, and and I was making a joke to Montana asking her how old she was when Julie won and I didn't realise at the same time I was basically saying how old Julie was (laughs) and I wasn't trying to do that at all. So... (laughs) I've been very careful since then, but Julie and I got a great relationship. She had she had a laugh as well. But you're right we we're we're very lucky to have a have an awesome crop of um, ex-contestants ex contestants and like three winners as well. Like that's that's just it's insane. And for Julie to be back there, even just her is like you know it's it's a bit of a testament to how amazing the experience is.
0: What is amazing and what isn't unfair is that you eat all that food and you don't put on a pound. How how is that how is that humanly possible that you and Jock and Melissa all none of, you should be you should be the good year blimp the three of you
2: yeah so Jock <laughs> is uh, uh, I don't even know how to explain that we've guy. heard that we've he heard eats heard. everything he just doesn't put on weight yeah. he just he does not put on weight like it's nearly like the more he eats the thinner he gets and like, he doesn't um, exercise he doesn't exercise at all mm. whereas at least Melissa and I we do exercise like we just can't and it's more for me it's more you know yeah i do put on a, a bit of a bit of a bit of weight but it's more exercise is more for me about the mental um positivity that i get out of it but i don't know how he does it i don't know how he does it he's, he's a freak of nature i've never seen any human like and, and i'm not just talking pound for pound i'm talking like any human <laughs> eat as much as jock somrilla he would he'll will, he'll will, win hands down.
1: Speaking of uh, Jock, he shared with us that um, he's got the hospitality gene and he loves to start the day in the green room. He's got a coffee machine and he likes to serve and offer people coffees. Uh, what's it yeah. like behind uh, the scenes and how do you guys all get on?
2: Yeah, the crew is is awesome. And Jock, he's not lying there. He, he literally, I reckon he does probably a dozen Coffees every morning. Um, we start in hair and makeup, and that's kind of where we hang out the coffee machine is. I'll have my long black waiting there for me. He's got Morsey's three-quarter latte there, our make our makeup artist. He's got Tashi's long black there. Then he goes into wardrobe and does the same thing. He's nonstop. Um, but I think that probably what I'm trying to get at is we're we're just such a tight group. Um, we spend so much time together. Like, you know, that we we film for nearly eight months of the year. Um, and that's not that's not including if we do a junior a junior master chef or a celebrity master chef. So it can be up to nine months of a year that we hang out. And and you just couldn't do it if if the crew wasn't so awesome and so um, good at what they do. We've we've got a really strong bond. And and I I I don't think that we would be as good as we are and as 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 successful as we are at our jobs if it wasn't for them. So we have a, a very strong mutual respect for each other and, yeah, we get along like a house on fire.
0: So at the end of a hard day's filming and a hard day's eating, do you go home and have, like, a Vegemite on toast? Nah, <laughs> uh,
2: I, I, I still do love to cook. I'm not going to lie. Like, even when I've spent, you know, 12 hours in the kitchen at, at one of the restaurants, I'll, I'll still go home and cook. I, I, I really love cooking. It's, it's, um, and I think it's probably, you know, you hear those old stories where, yeah, like, you know, chefs go home and they, you know, they'll have fish fingers for dinner or something like that. I, I feel so grateful for what I've been able to 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 do. And and it, as I said, it's it comes with MasterChef then it goes into the hospitality industry. And now it's kind of come full circle again. But um, I love food. Like I love cooking for my family and my friends. And maybe that is one of the reasons why I, ha- I have been reasonably successful. Is it because? I've found it pretty late in life, but I think it's really just, it hasn't been like belted into me that I have to like food. It's just a natural thing.
1: Now, in the uh, MasterChef kitchen, um, friendships are forged and uh, you you did forge a, a special friendship. I mean, to us it was like a bit of a bromance, you and, uh, yeah. and Ben. Uh, yeah. You are guys mates to this day and still hang out
2: occasionally? Yeah, yeah we do. I mean, obviously with his life down in Tassie and my life, doing what it's doing. It's like, you know, our, the beers that we have together are few and far between. But, yeah, like we'll, we'll – and it's normally around this time where Benny will pick up the phone or, you know, when he when he opened his restaurant, I got on the blower and, and said how he's doing. We, we I think once you've been through that experience and forged that bond, um, you know, because it is – you really need to – it sounds like such a cliche, but those 20, 23 other contestants, they do become your family because – back in season four, like we lived in a house together. Um, you know, so we were with each other for six, seven months of the year living with each other. And, and Ben and I were probably lucky that we did have that really tight bond. Otherwise I don't think either of us would have gone as far as we did. Cause you know, you get home and you just want to debrief and you want to have someone that speaks your language. And, um, and, and it was just us that, that clicked straight away. So, um, Yeah, we we definitely do still have that that bond. It's just I wish it. I wish he didn't live in Tassie, and I suppose he wishes I didn't live in Melbourne.
0: (laughs) Hey, is there one don't you tell the uh, the contestants uh, when they when they kind of uh, you sit down with them at the start of a series and go, okay, here's what I'll give you one piece of advice as a former contestant, now a judge, don't do this.
2: (laughs) Um, I've never done the don't. I think my you you really need to make mistakes to to learn, you know. And I mean, I made probably everyone in the book, um, and it, it does have to be that natural learning progression that that takes place. The, the advice that I give to them is, like, don't waste the opportunity, but also in this place, take every opportunity as a learning opportunity because you are, whether you like it, surrounded by food, surrounded by learning the whole time, Twenty unless you're asleep, like the whole time that you're there because – you walk into the kitchen, there'll be a superstar chef that walks in. You can learn off him. You can learn off your peers and what they cook and how they did it. You know, you can learn off Jock Maloos and myself. You are constantly learning. And, and I think that's what I realized pretty, pretty instantly when I was on MasterChef is a I, I knew that I wasn't a great cook, but B, I was like, man, if I'm ever going to get better, I'm in the best learning place on the planet. You know, you could be in a commercial kitchen and, being an apprentice, you just still don't get access to what goes on in this kitchen. So, um, yeah, it, it's literally just take every opportunity as a learning opportunity because there is always something to learn.
0: Season fourteen, we're certainly looking forward to. We thank you so much for your time. Uh, is it is it peach Colour dundies day at your place today as <laughs> usual? <laughs> Andy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Something you shouldn't just tell
0: people <laughs> when they do interviews. we got the scoop. There you go. <laughs>
2: oh, I never thought that that would, uh, that would surface, but it has. So there you go. A, it still is a peach-coloured undies Every uh, day is
0: peach-coloured undies day, as it should be in the world. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was lovely to chat, guys. Thank you too. You. Thanks, thanks, Andy. To
0: thanks, Andy. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier.
2: All right, Andy Allen.
1: Whoa, today is a peach-colored undies day. What color are you wearing? <laughs> None of your beeswax. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How do you know I was talking to you? I, I was, know what color you're I wasn't, wearing. I wasn't, I wasn't talking to you. I, that was an <laughs> open question to everyone listening to this podcast. That's the kind of podcast it is. You come in and everything's fine, and you walk out and you've got no clothes on.
1: Well, that's the thing. You're a lot of people prefer the commando. You're approach flashing these your days, undies and everything. Or no, they, no undies. No, they don't. <laughs> Some a people do. Dreadful thing one radio
0: station did at one stage. Uh, they had a no undie Monday. Yeah. That was, anyway. Let's get to the food pole.
1: Yeah. We put olives up against olives, green or black. Mm. I love my olives and I'll have both quite happily.
0: Yeah, I will too. But I've come around to, of recent times we've been buying those green ones. Mm. Some of them were beautifully. Drenched and drizzled in oil and mm. uh, and, and chili and stuff. And very nice. Yeah.
1: I like a bit of our creamy feta stuff yes. in a green olive.
0: Yes, you're not the only one.
1: Let's start with Rebecca. Rebecca says she likes black, calamata, not the rubbery things.
0: Leonie says black, forget the green.
1: Michelle Smith says, any olives for her, yummy.
0: Sarah Wombey says, me too, any olives.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Artie Stevens says he loves black Kalamata olives, particularly on a pizza.
0: Lydia says, both.
1: Sue says, hmm, both for me. Terry Daniel says, no, none, ah. thanks. Kim Nicholas, love the gin soaked olives. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Give those a bit of a burl. and the green ones stuffed with feta. I don't we? think
0: they sell them at Safeway.
1: I've <laughs> just got a feeling. Check.
0: Uh, Sue Hosking says neither. I'll pass on those.
1: Uh, Julie says green and stuffed, please. Davin
0: says love them both because if I, but if I had to choose one over the other, it would be. Black
1: olives. Mm. Joe Camerano says green by a whisker, only because my uncle Bruno. Now he's the one who made Joe eat uh, the worms in the peach, and he actually won a prize famously ah. for that on Food Lights. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, he uh, he used to do his own olives, and they were magnificent. Chili and fennel seeds, I think, were the main spices. Mm. Fennel fennel would go well. Yeah.
0: Uh, Ross Trimble says uh, that's a no on ah. the olives. Thanks,
1: Silvana. Mmm, both for me.
0: Stephen says yes, both. Plain or stuffed?
1: Lee Harrison, black, that is all. Glenn Rodder says,
0: yuck, Paddo, oh,
1: I hate olives. Kathy Vischer, neither.
0: Steve says, good olives are good olives. <laughs> Mass produced with way too much acidic residue. Not nah, leave them alone.
1: Roz Harbison, neither, can't stand them. It's obviously a character fault. Carolyn Rigby says, neither. Sarah Jenkins, both for her.
0: Uh, Jan Mitchell says, black in oil, thank you.
1: Oh, croaky. <laughs> no great tasting pizza or Greek salad has green olives. Oh, interesting. Annie Peacock
0: says, the big, fat, black calamata <laughs> olives, thank you.
1: Alan, neither. Stephen Cortemone says, both equally as good. I love olives. Uh, Gerald says, "A green chilli olives on supreme cheese Doritos with uh, slivers of mild or hot Hungarian salami. Send a picture Oi. of that one
0: too, did uh, Gerald, and it looked uh, reasonably Yum. good. Lena Mercedes says both but black by oh, a whisker.
1: Sue Landry, black and preferably Kalamata.
0: Kerry Roddick says black and Kalamata. If I had to go green, best stuffed with feta cheese.
1: And Tony Bennett says. <laughs> <coughs> no, sorry, no. warming up. Uh, neither. Disgusting, rubbery, hot. Oh. Horridness.
0: Wayne says, here he goes. Wayne says, I refuse to be an olive racist, so (laughs) let me start here with one word, neither. Ah. The olive is a disgusting pellet of salty, (laughs) life-ruining grossness. That rancid taste ruins everything it touches and picking them out of something like a salad is completely (laughs) pointless as the foul fug of this so-called fruit that has been flavoured with the sweat from Satan's armpit (laughs) has already ruined anything within a nine-block radius. (laughs) Pizza is where most of us first encounter this black sheep of the fruit universe, and the sins here are many. They are the jaws of the pizza world because they lurk in the shadows waiting... (laughs) to snare an unsuspecting victim. They hide in the yummy toppings of your pizza and attack with no warning. And people say, oh, just pick them out. You can't. The damage is done. It's like farting in the lift and saying to the unfortunate person standing next to you, just don't smell it. (laughs) The horse has bolted and the damage (laughs) is already done. True enough, I'd rather put pineapple on my pizza than those little rings of rubbery, salty <laughs> foulness. Black or green, doesn't matter. They are inedible death oh, to the olive.
1: Oh, Wayne, you've done it again. And I love a fart reference. I know Kevin doesn't, but I truly enjoy them.
0: Particularly not in the <laughs> lift. Don't be doing that. That's just, I'm sorry, that's an invasion of privacy that's too much. Now, uh, the poll.
1: Oh, am I going to be surprised?
0: You are. Green, 10%. What? Not a lot of love around for green olives, which oh. really surprised the heck out of me. Neither, 26%. Wow. Well. Those of you doing the math at home are up to 36%. You're wondering where the other 64%'s gone? Black. And both, each Is that 32%. right?
1: 32%. I thought it would be much closer than that.
0: I thought it would be both.
1: I thought the tide has turned a bit more towards green olives of Yeah, me too, time.
0: much more than that, but uh, but neither... Uh, both and black, uh, streets ahead of green. It's
1: interesting. You've got so many more options with the green olives because they're the ones you you tend to stuff with different things. The black ones you tend to leave well enough alone.
0: You just slice them. Yeah. 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 And I like sliced black olives, but the green ones uh, with the stuffing in them and particularly the it
1: Now, yeah, I I don't think I've ever recall seeing a, a black olive that's been stuffed. I know ones that have been pitted, but I can't think of, black olives that have been stuffed. It's always the green ones. No, I'm
0: with you on that. I think you're right. I think you're right. We're
1: on the same page. There you
0: go. So uh, black and both at 32% uh, wow. top the poll. Our thanks to Andy Allen for being our guest yes. on this program. Enjoy Master Chef. It is a terrific series. Uh, the first week has been uh, excellent, and I'm sure it will continue to be equally as good. Don't forget, you can now hear a radio version of uh, of Food Bites across the uh, the ACE Radio Network. Um, the stations are listed on our Facebook page. So uh, we'd l- love you to have a listen to that if you get a chance. And uh, uh, that's about it for another week of this fabulous program. Can't wait for the next one. <laughs> (laughs) Thanks for listening to Food Bites Check out our Facebook page for recipes, tips and all the latest news That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier